back in all the years, the 10 years I've done RB for, I've done um, three nights sober. In RB for you, you'd go on for days. Yeah. You wouldn't even pass out. You'd lay there for hours. You'd get about three or four hours of sleep. There's a long old story of me and Andy and three days worth of madness and we started getting psychosis. And I saw these things in the garden and I ran downstairs with a knife and I thought I was fighting some intruders, but it was all shit in my head. So it was like proper, proper psychosis. And then when I used to be sitting on my own in the dark, in the corner of a room, just talking to myself, I thought I was talking to the devil and all mad shit like this. And I started seeing figures, started seeing people in the room, people looking around the door like that. They weren't there. That's how intense it was. Welcome to the Eventful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival and the revolutionary Event Crowd, our new online events course. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. So if you want to hear more like this, make sure you subscribe, leave us a glowing review, and you can follow me on Instagram at Dodge Woodall. I reply to every single message. Throwing parties around the world for over three decades, Danny Gould has seen it all. In a pre-internet world, he used old-school flyering and in-your-face promo to build on his Clockwork Orange brand, which hosted parties from Ibiza to London, and he became a massive figure in the clubbing scene. But along with this success and a 24-7 party lifestyle came drug addiction and mental health battles, leading to spells of severe psychosis. Danny is not only open and honest about his history, he's one hell of a storyteller and a massive character. Here is the eventful life of Mr. Danny Gould. Danny, welcome to the show, mate. Let's, um, let's get cracking. Where did you grow up and how did you get into throwing parties? I grew up in Chablis um, in the 70s and then I moved to Chigwell, postcode Chigwell, which is more Hainal, really. It was just a postcode that made it sound posh, but it wasn't. Um, East London? And- yeah, it's just outside East London. It's yep. Essex, really. Chibble, yep. Essex, Chabble, yep. Essex. But I mean, it's, li- it's literally the same. Feel yep. like West Ham, Tottenham, Arsenal kind of people. Yep. Um, then moved to Romford. And then um, from then on in, that's when I started doing the parties. Started doing the parties in 1993. Wow. And it's some yeah. journey you've been on, Danny. Tell me about the uh, how the first party came about and how old were you? I was 21. Yeah, I was 20 when we started doing it. So, you know, a year away from 19, which is a kid. You think you're not a kid, but, um, you know. Um, and I met Andy Manston, my partner. And he said, uh, well, the reason, I'll tell you what, and this is, the, I mean, I've documented this and I've done it, whatever. I was, I was down Naked Lunch, 1992. Um, met this guy. I got thrown out for um, doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Let's just say that, yeah. <laughs> um Give these things that I shouldn't have been doing to someone else and said, I'll get them back off you next week as the bouncer slung me out. One of them, one of them underhand things. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that guy that I met, Michael, he introduced me to his friend, Andy. And then we talked about Andy and I'm like ducking and diving, blah, blah, blah. You think you're jacking about town and like 20 years old. And he went, how'd you fancy doing a party? I'm a DJ. You seem to know some people. Um, do you fancy it? And I went, eh, yeah. He went, come on. And that was it. 
and then we just we just we just agreed and we started and, and we got into it yeah quality and what's the journey what's the journey look like when you first threw that first party where was it how many people how much did you charge do you remember all those details uh yeah it was a tenner it was january the 23rd 1993 at the paddocks so what my missus said to me, she said, you can remember 30 years ago when you'd done your first party or Jeremy Healy on the 5th of August, the five-year celebration, the fifth year, five-hour year, five hour set at S Paradise. She said, but you can't remember to bring the milk back from the shops. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. The long term's good. Yeah. The short, term, short term's been, bla- been blasted away. <laughs> um, but I haven't got hay fever anymore as well because of that. Cause... I come back from my beef for one year and I went, I ain't got hay fever anymore. It's just gone. And everywhere was. It can't burn everything out. But, um, so, um, yeah, and it was January the 23rd, 1993. We probably had about 400 people there. We charged a tenner. Um, we put Darren Emerson on the flyer, but he never played. In them days, we might have just said to someone, is Darren available? And they said, yeah, I think so. But and that was, it was enough. Yeah. So just put him on the flyer. Yeah. Um, Someone spilt a beer all over the decks. So the decks were playing backwards and forwards and upside down. And people were like, what's going on here? I've got, I've got footage of that on YouTube. First ever one. And it's like the old raves, you know. It was a snooker all, yeah. paddocks. Um, don't think we even had no production on the walls. It was just, you know, people with their long hair coming out of 89. Yeah. And, you know, weird, not weird stuff, but like, you know, the raving club were of like the early, early 90s. Yeah. And then, um, and that was it. Got a bug for it, literally got a bug for it, and then done one the next month and went on from there. Okay. Now how did you see how do you see it all change from the old rave scene from late eighties, early nineties to then everyone going into the club scene? It was like anything, it progressed. It's um we started off with two or three DJs, and then on the birthday we had like ten or twelve DJs because Club UK come about and they started putting on six or seven DJs. Yeah. So we started putting on 10 DJs. Yeah. You know, on a normal night, it'd be like two or three, maybe or one or two. But then, you know, we just took it to the next level. And, you know, instead of like one every three hours, it was one every hour. So your, your flyer was like that, opposed yeah. to being like that with yeah. the names to make it more interesting. So also, same as like production. Our first, uh, I think it was New Year's Eve. And um, do you ever do you ever heard of a guy called Sammy from Banorama? No, don't ring a bell. No, well, he used to do all this stuff and all his mad banners and UV and all that. And we got him to build an upside down castle, one of our New Year's Eve gigs. And it changed from there and lasers and lights and, you know, and all this stuff. We transformed um, Camden Palace into a massive birthday cake. So when you was on the bottom, where there was stuff designed. So when you looked up, there was all these big candles. And this is the difference from when Eric progressed in the production, the flyers, the advertising, everything just got massive, didn't it? And that's yeah. why all the costs went like that. Yeah. When I finished, like fast forwarding, and my little brother was doing his own little parties, and I said to him, um, so what do the flyers look like? This is when I'd finished. Yeah. And he went, no one does flyers anymore. I went, what? it's all online. I was like, old man uh-huh. syndrome. It's like, what's the production like? Yeah. He went, Oh, no one does production. What's the like the lasers and 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 the, and the dancers and the performers? Like no, no one does that anymore. Yeah. I was like, what? It's crazy. Isn't so it? Built and built and built, and you had to keep adding and adding and adding yeah. to beat the competition and yeah. to make it something special. Yeah. So you went you went down the route down of creating an experience. It's about the flyers. It's about the posters. It's about talking to people. It's about being on the streets. 
It's about putting flyers on car windows and getting out there and spreading the love and spreading the word because there wasn't social media back then. No, this is um, it's, it's always the same kind of rough kind of like questions. This is what makes me feel old. We started before the internet. Yeah. Now, now you say that to a twenty-year-old kid, and it sounds like I was born in the war. Yeah. <laughs> or I was, fighting the, I was fighting the Germans in Normandy. You know what I mean? True, isn't it? Yeah. To me, yeah. it's like when I say now, I go, yeah, 40 years ago. What? Yeah. When I was nine years old, 40 years ago, yeah. it's like I sound like me then. Yeah. And she used to talk. And um, like, there was no Facebook. There was no internet. There was no WhatsApp. Mobile phone you could ring people on. Text messages come out in, what, 95? 95, yeah. 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 So when we done our first birthday, Andy had a mobile phone. I still remember the number now, 260542. I can see it yeah. on the flyer. And his phone was ringing all day and it was madness. And that was the first phone. That was 1994. And he got a Nokia, whatever it was, the one that you could get run over by a steamroller. It never got yeah. broke. <laughs> you know? And then, yeah, we'd done the we done the, the walking around the streets. We'd done the ministry at seven o'clock in the morning, paranoid. You know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> a proper paranoid um, hiding from yourself putting out flyers and um and it it was before all that it was before all, like all the all that stuff coming around there. and then when we did come back the difference you know like having a clockwork group clockwork business page yeah things still hard work managing that yeah of course i'd rather do that than walking up the king's road with a hold all that looks like I've just done the Brinks map robbery yeah. with like 10,000 flyers, yeah. putting them all to shops. They yeah. say yes, but then as you walk back the same Straight route, the bin. they put them in a bin. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a proper monotonous, yeah. you know what I mean? You've, you've always got to keep pushing, got to keep pushing. It's the same as Facebook. Facebook is literally the same as word of mouth. Yeah. And the word of mouth was always a thing. And I knew when we created the buzz for New Year's Eve 94, and I went out on Christmas Eve, Hollywood's in Rumford, and I was going to people like, where are you going New Year's Eve? When we're going clockwork, we're going clockwork. And I was like, oh, and I felt it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's that. Yeah. The power of, of good um, people speaking to each other is always better than better than anything in the world. 100%. And that's, yeah. why, that's why I reckon it's taken off again for you, because you've done the hard graft. You've done the people's person. You've done the flurry. You've done the poster. You've been chased by fly posting from the council and the police and everything else that goes with it. So just carry on. So when did the brand Clockwork Orange start? What year was that? Um, that was the same thing, 1993. Um, we based it literally, we was walking around London, me, Andy, and there was two other guys involved, Michael and another Andy. I was looking for a name and we was thinking like, what are the girls going to like? And we was thinking baby love and we was going to yeah. play baby love at the end of the night. Baby love. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Thinking back on it now, it's so cringy. But... <laughs> We walked into an old um, memorabilia shop and it had the photo of, it's a shame I haven't got it here, but I can send it to you. It's an illustration. It's a bowler hat. It's an eye. It's a glove. I'll tell you where it is. I can't even stand up. I've actually got it tattooed on my belly. Have you? I'm not, I'm not going to get my belly out anymore. And it's a glass with false teeth in it. And there was one in colour and there was one in black and white. And I went, we've got to have that. Yeah. It clicked. And I, me, or we always say we don't know who said it, but one of us said to the guy behind the counter, is that Clockwork Orange? And he went, yeah. And it just went ping, 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 um. ping. Because of Naked Lunch. Because Naked Lunch and what they were doing in, in the Val Bond, Driz, Kingley Street. Tell me what the Naked Lunch is. 
Oh, the Naked Lunch was um was Cowboy Records. It was like Darren Emerson, Simon Anson, Lawrence Nelson, Saturday Nights, progressive kind of music. And that was what was the follow on from like the Gas Club in yeah. uh, Leicester Square. Oh, which I love the Gas bubble. Club. Yeah, Double Bubble. And that was Emerson again. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing we went to, like, you know, which was stemmed from me from the Albany Empire from like 1991 on a Friday with Tony Wilson, where that's where my world, that's where my world came on fire. That's where, that's where my brain went, this is my thing. Yeah. This yeah. is my thing. So what did you do when you found out that this is for you? What was the next steps? Were you going, right, I need to get more venues? Were you getting once a week parties, once a month parties? Were you looking at Ibiza? Were you looking at different islands around Europe? What, what went through the mind? No, we started off 93 and we've done a few like bits here and there. And you, you think when you try to explain to kids now about going out, which you're fully aware of, there was thousands of yeah. parties on a Saturday night. Yeah. There was thousands of parties on a Friday. Sunday, there was hundreds of parties on a Sunday. Yeah. Thursdays, Wednesdays, Tuesdays, you could go out any time. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody was clamouring for the same venues or trying to find new venues. And we literally in 93... Did what we could here and there. Done a couple at the paddocks. We was doing it monthly. We never went weekly. And um, then 94 was a birthday. We cracked that. But then we did it in the old snooker hall and it was going through a renovation. And it was the same night as there was a big fire in London and the chief fire officer was out and he saw like hundreds of people queuing up to get inside and he thought, I'll have a look in there. Yeah. He came in, looked around, saw some stuff by the back exit, said, I'm going to shut you down. And I went with mate. I said, I, I beg you, whatever you need to be done now, I will do. Whatever per price I've got to pay, yeah. I will pay. I said, but please, you will destroy me before I've even started. So he let us, he let us carry on. That we moved on. the stuff away that he wanted. Went to court and they fined me two grand. Fined me two grand for having stuff near a fire exit. So that was 94. Then we'd done like a big car park in Southwark Walk. And then um, I think it was May... 94 may right yeah. may 94 and he sent an email uh, a fax to s parodies via brandon block the lady out there miss bisto said um come and see us in may yeah the season was just starting he said yeah i'll give you wednesdays black and white was on a tuesday and a thursday we literally got home because we didn't have a mobile rung judge jules brandon block uh, uh, John Digweed, all these kind of people, and said, like, will you do it for us? And he went, yeah, and I mean, block, I've lived down there as well. Yeah. And then that's it. Then we went to Ibiza. We cool. literally went to Ibiza and just got lost. I mean, I was 22, 22 doing, play, doing parties at my favourite club in the world. Amazing. So you're out in, yeah, Ibiza, well, you're out in Ibiza, S Parody. What was the capacity back then? Do you remember? Uh, the capacity still is now. Yeah. Is uh, 1900. Yeah. And probably 94, we was probably getting about 500 people. Yeah. 96, we was probably getting about four or 500 people. It was a bad year. Yeah. 97 um, was the year that we'd done our beef uncovered and we'd done a thing called Roma. So in February 97, the owner flew us to uh, Barcelona. Yeah. We went to this place and it was like this wooden door. I wrote a book. So in the book, I write about this. I'm trying to explain how, to me how magic it was. Walking down this little side street, this big, massive... Um, kind of like a Spanishy door, what you want to call it, like a, a not Arabian, do you know, like the old looking ones with a big yeah. mouth? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's answered the door. He walked in, he shut the door, turned around. It was like it was a football pitch underground. And it was just costumes. And I was like, oh, my God. So we flew over all these, like, Roman costumes and like proper gear, yeah. stuff from the movies. Yeah. 
And then that plus the TV program. So the TV well program was Ibiza Uncovered, which was on Sky. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Yeah. So that features Clockwork in number one and number two. But when we done number two in two thousand, I had to leave because I just, I just, oh, anyway. But that's another story. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just walked away. Uh, and then, uh, so what it was, the record in S Paradise, I think, was so far the capacity was nineteen hundred. Yeah. Up your Ronson in 1995, put 2,200 in there. Yeah. And that was the record ever. That was the biggest ever capacity like, um, uh, in S Paradise at that time. September 97, as a result of the program, we put 2,400 in oh, there. Oh, wow. Quality. And the security guy come up to me and he went, Danny, he went, this is the biggest night, busiest night we've ever had. Yeah. Probably considering that they probably like slipped another two, 300. Yeah. In their part, opposed to my part. Yeah. <laughs> 1998, it went every week from the beginning, 24, 26, 28, 3,000, 3, 1, 3, 3, 5. Wow. Where the next paradise was 3, 6. Wow. That's nearly double the yeah. capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you like this? Yeah, they'll sell these. <laughs> Trying to get through, I used to have to go through the middle of the crowd. Now, I know there's all these other like routes around which are a lot quicker. It was like, excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> but they didn't care. Yeah. I mean, it was 90, people were 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. And it was the, the scenes from it are just like madness, yeah. mental. Yeah. And what did That's you do? What, what was your world, Danny? Were you throwing a weekly party at S-Parody? What were you doing the yeah. rest of the week? No, every the rest of the week was just getting on it. Yeah. <laughs> just getting on it. Every night was getting on it. Yeah. Every night was getting on Literally it. Literally every night until your night. I was getting on it. I think in all the years, the 10 years I've done IB for, I've done um, three nights sober. Wow. Three nights sober. That's that's how intense it was. Yeah. And one of the nights that I was sober was um, the night after, not the night after, a few days after I had a car crash in 99 and I was trying to prove that I could take everyone out and they could drink and I was going to drive. And yeah. it was the most horrible night I've ever experienced in Ibiza. Yeah. I was drunk and on it every single night. We was in Ibiza for 10 years. Bloody hell. Mate, what did uh, what that do for the mind? Uh, it destroyed me in the end. Yeah, it destroyed me in the end. I've done all them years. I mean, I was getting signs of, you know, the paranoia was always there. If you want to start going back to like um, who I was as a kid, with, uh, you know, God knows I might have had my mum drunk when I was, when she was having me. So you talk about alcohol syndrome, ADHD, an alcoholic mother, no father, you know. And um, so all these things that were stem from that, and then you put the drink and the other stuff on yeah. it. That stuff never worked for me. Yeah. But I'm addicted to it. Yeah. And it was just, it was just Amazon tongues. Yeah. It was just Amazon tongues. So you were saying, you were saying you're addicted to the cocaine. What, did yep. that, what was that? Was that literally get up in the morning, banging no. gear, or just when you're out at night time? In, in our beef, you, you'd go on for days, yeah. pass out. You wouldn't even pass out. You'd lay there for hours. You'd get about three or four hours of sleep. You'd get up. You'd have a booze. You'd go out that night. You'd get ready. you go, oh, okay. You'd go out in the evening, start drinking, whatever, straight away, bosh, and you was out again. Yeah. But, um, it, started, it started from when... Uh, we when we was at the gas club and someone said to me, he went, "What? Why are you two buying ten pills?" He went, yeah. "You could buy a gram of gear for the same price." And I went, "Oh, you know all that back in the nineties. You thought it was a gangster. You have to do the walk, right? You have to do the tour. 
really mad is putting um the more money we earn, the more of that I was doing. Okay. So it got to the point in like 1997, 1998, 1999, where you get on it and whatever someone was doing, you do four or five times as much. Yeah. You get a gram of gear and just go yeah. in the bag and put a gram in one line and then just sit back and go like that for like two hours, come around and go, and then do another one. Or even a spoon. In the end, I should put a spoon in the bag and go, and then sit with two knives like that. Because I was so paranoid. Go, and oh. it was all over me. And I go, I was just sitting there like two nights. Now, someone come in, I was frozen, right? They'd probably look at me and go, what are you doing? I go, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't even move. <laughs> me up, just two nights, thinking I was protecting myself. Oh, man. But the uh, 90, uh, 1998, there's a long old story of me and Andy and three days worth of madness. And we started getting psychosis. Yeah. And I saw these things in the garden and I ran downstairs with a knife and I thought I was fighting some intruders, but it was all shit in my head. So I was like proper, proper psychosis. And then when I used to be sitting on my own in the dark, in our beef, I used to sit in, in the dark, in the corner of a room, just talking to myself. I thought I was talking to the devil and all man shit like this. Yeah. And I started seeing figures. I started seeing people in the room, people looking around the door like that. They weren't there. Yeah. This was all in my wow. head. That's where it got to. No, and, and, that, and that's where it got to, like literally, and, and it got worse and worse. So on the outside world, you're suntanned. Up to 98, we was the, 1998 was the most um, successful promoter in Ibiza. Yeah. The amount of people through the door. But because of the coverage of Ibiza and how much, how successful it was, and all these promoters come out and was like, we want a bit of that. There was one promoter a night 94, 95, 96, 97, 98. Except for maybe manumission and money pennies. Yep. So you're talking about 10 or 12 promoters in a week. 99, something like 50 or 60. All wow. these big massive nights started up and it just changed it. And we went from like that to like that. Yeah. It just literally changed overnight. Yeah. Everything changed. What, what year did you, you, you obviously were coming up to 30 years of throwing amazing parties, Dan. What was the point, the tipping point in Ibiza when you went, I've got to stop doing the drugs? Um, my sobriety came to, my sobriety started roughly in Ibiza. It was, um, we'd finished clockwork. I never, up until the point of it actually stopping, thought I've got to stop. I've got to stop. I, I did have moments where, the millennium, after the millennium, come back from Ireland, we've done this absolute, we're supposed to have done this party for 5,000 people. It ended up being 150 people in a pub, in a pub. So I was really angry. Do you know what I mean? Didn't lose no money, but I was really angry. We come back and just something switched in my brain. I got really fit. I had six weeks off the booze. And I started running, dropped two and a half stone because I was nearly 18 stone and puffed with yeah. like getting on it and yeah. drinking. The next year, I've done 10 days. Off the drink. What, on, on New Year again? You said New Year, 10 days. New okay. 10 days. That's all I could manage. Yeah. The next year, I couldn't manage nothing. Uh, so New Year's Eve, the next morning, I just had to carry. I had to have a drink. I had to smoke weed. I had to get on it. It just got worse and yeah. worse and worse and worse. And then I went to Ibiza 2003 in the August. And when I was out there, it was just a madness in my head. 
tried to kick the girlfriend out of a car through insecurity. Mm. Thought it'd be, uh, this is how insane I was. I saw the electric sockets. I put my fingers in water and then put my fingers in the electric socket to see what it'd feel like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, fucking hell. And I, I was like, is that a bus? What's going on? Was, that's how it used to be. And then um, come back from Ibiza. When I was out, I went, that's it. I'm going to change. And we come back and we went to V. 2003, got over there and all my mates were in a dance tent. And I walked in and I went, nah, I'm not getting on it anymore. And what you understand is no one cares. Yeah. If they're in the thick and the mad, thick of the of the madness of dancing, drinking, and getting on it, if you've got this, um, we call them normal people. Yeah. So I've, I'm 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 acting as a normal person saying, Oh, I'm not gonna smoke today, I'm not gonna take no pills, I'm not gonna drink. Mom's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm standing there, and, and this is how it's called the fuck it button. So I pressed the fuck it button, and I went, fuck this. I went, right, bosh, 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 bosh. Give me some more. Until in the end, that night, and then we ended up around someone's house, and just all this madness inside me come out. And the way I've always described it is, my head was a melon. God's honest truth, this is how it felt like. My head was a melon, and I felt... At that moment, my brain was about to be splitting off. Like you could have hit me with a cleaver, and my brain would have gone like that. That was the pain and the madness that I was in. I had going on in my head, and I woke up next morning, August the eighteenth, August the nineteenth. If I look back on Google, at the actual date of that event, but on the Sunday when I woke up, I woke up with one eye and I went, "Oh, it's over." Yeah. The addiction side of it had gone. Yeah, it gone. It'd been lifted away. It'd been taken away from me. It all gone. Didn't want to drink. Didn't want to get on it. Didn't want to do nothing. Wow. From that, that's what, eighteen. And what year was that? Two thousand three. Two thousand three. And then was what was the movement after that? If you just stopped partying, were you still throwing the parties? No, I left in two thousand one. Yep. Because we were doing parties, we were doing events, and um, we weren't earning our money. I was yep. spending six months of my life arranging stuff, and everyone else was earning the money, the production, the venue. Costs are just spiraled, you know. You put on five DJs, you're talking like fifteen hundred quid in booking fees, yeah. or you even open the doors. Yeah. And um, I left in two thousand one, and this happened in two thousand three. So I was already out of clubs. I was going to parties. I think it was two thousand. Was it two thousand one? No, it was two thousand. Yeah, it might be two thousand one. The venue that we done all them years from ninety four, from when it opened across, I got banned for life. Were you, were you throwing parties at the cross, were you? Yeah, done the cross, done Camden Palace, done all them places, done, you know, Hanover Grand, done, done them everywhere. Done them everywhere. But they banned me for life in 2001 for stuff that I'd done. I used to get banned and I used to get told to not come to the cross unless it was a Clockwork Orange night. I mean, how mad's that? You can do parties here, but yeah. we don't want you to come here. That's how crazy we used to be, me and Andy. Yeah. Then in 2001, they banned me for life for playing up in here, like get really bad, like you know. What did you do? Uh, yeah. I went in there, done whatever, gold or some I think it was a, uh, I don't know, I, I still can't work it out to this day. As if I'm going to try and work it out 18 years later. But it was Bugle, managed to get all a bit of Bugle or ketamine. Because I'd had none for hours, I went, bosh, and done it in one. And this is how I, <laughs> I ain't going to do the noise because it's almost embarrassing because I won't be able to do it. But I used to bite people. Years ago, I used to I used to, I used to just go around and ah, bite people. 
And I come round in the back corridor of the cross and I smashed all these things and I'm doing to do this velociraptor noise. All like it's magic. I bite people. That's how it used to be. Um, and there was like five security there. And there's some geezer I don't know standing next to me going, eh, give it to the bouncers. They'll rush me, got me, threw me out. I woke up indoors the next day, upside down and back to front. Didn't even know. This is how, this is how insane I used to be. When I woke up that next morning in my own bed, it took me 10 seconds in my own bedroom that I'd lived in for nearly eight years to work out that I was in my own bedroom. Mm. That's insanity. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and then Andy, my ex-partner in Clockwork, rang me up next morning. I went, when was it? I was like, oh, what's going on? He went, you've done it this time, haven't you? What's that? He went, oh, you're banned for life from the cross. They don't ever want to see you again. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And that was, was that the point when you went, right, I'm going sober? No. No. No, 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 I carried on. No. (laughs) (laughs) Some, I was telling something a little while ago about all lots of mad stories, and they went, so that was the point. And I went, no. That weren't the point. It was that point in Ibiza where not the silly the things that I'd done were where it caught up with me eventually here. Mm. I mean, like the body got through with it all right. I used to think I got back aches, but with my kidneys yep. every summer. My back always used to work. I've always going like that, yep. bending over. Because you're literally boozing, but not just boozing. An alcoholic drinks five times more than anyone else. Yeah. Chuckle them down my neck. This is the capacity of how much drinking I used to do. They used to give me 50 drinks tickets at S Paradise, and I'd give no one else anyone, any of them. Yeah. And, I'd, and then all my drinks would be doubles. And I'd be drinking them all night long, give away to someone else, maybe a couple, but I'd get through about 20 or 30 of drinks. Yeah. <laughs> You're just doing yourself in. Yeah. Plus that, plus this, you know. Yeah. Eat junk food. And it used to just catch up me every summer. So then so then what happened then? What happened? Like you've then come back and given uh, Clockwork Orange a massive boost again. You brought it back for the people because you've got a brilliant following. It's an older crowd. It used to be a younger crowd. They've all followed you. Tell me your experience about that. I used to be the younger crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. used to be the younger crowds. But what um I me and Andy started hanging around again. Um, blah blah blah. He said you want to do some pies. I went, nah. Then the great thing from all those years ago with clockwork is that we always film stuff. Yeah. We took thousands of photographs. And no we one had... done that back then. Well, you had some things, but yeah, you know, you know, we had photographers and we had like, you know, disposable cameras. Yeah. You'd come back and you'd have 50 photographs in two albums. Yeah. Most of them are shit. Pictures of your mates, Willie, where he's like, Willie. <laughs> All silly things, or a girl on the beach with no top on because you're down, all a pair of boots. Um, but there'd be that one money shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? That one money shot. And we had, I had hundreds, if not thousands, of photographs. I bought all my mates' albums, all friends' albums, ripped their photographs out of their albums, scanned them all, uploaded them onto my Facebook. And all they had a YouTube channel, the Danny Clockwork, and that's got all the old footage on it from the 90s. And stuff that I'd made together and I, I'd done some stuff on Movie Maker, blah, blah, blah. And then through the power of social media, uh, Facebook, this person copied that person, that person tagged that person. And I saw the chatter, the social media chatter. And I was like, oh. And then Andy said to me, do you fancy doing a party? And I went, yeah, I do. Yeah. Because I had the buzz. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not, you don't do promotion literally because you like, you know, business and whatever, unless you get no buzz or enjoyment out of Agree. it. The buzz, buzz of it, and then um, what year was this, Dan? What year was this when you come back again? 
thousand and um, we started doing two thousand and twelve. It was it was my fortieth birthday. And you're clean at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you, mate. Good for you. And uh, tell me when you got that buzz back, when you saw the chat on Facebook and people popping up you haven't seen in years and everyone sort of come back together. What was the next steps and what parties were you throwing? Um, we done the Queens, the 10th of March, 2012. Um, then Andy said, we've got to do another party. And to be fair to him, we should have done one about three or four months later. Yeah. We waited a year. We found a wicked venue. We've done Fire and Lightbox. Um, Where's that? Yeah, fire a lockbox, lightbox in Vauxhall. Yeah. Um, that was like 3,000 or something odd people. And then we done another one in that September. So we kept it like intermittent, like once every six months to keep it special. And then that was 2012. Then 2013, Andy said, we've got to go back to our beef. I said, no, no, no. We've got to build it up again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we done, um, <laughs> I can't remember what we've done. We've done Camden Palace again and all these places. Lovely people- venue. Lovely oh, venue. Lovely oh, venue. Yeah, I'm, I'm gagging to get a date in there for when it relaunches, but yeah. um, that's not until next year, I think. Yeah. And um, we've done all these venues, and we waited until 2014. And um, in in 2001, when we finished doing clockwork in Ibiza, that's when I was, like, really in a bad place. Do you know what I mean? Like, massively, financially in debt, addicted to everything. And everything we did just went sour out there, you know? And it broke my heart. Mm. And I used to think it was something to do with the island. And when we done that thing in 2001, it's the only time I've ever like tried to get a connection to an eye power. And as I drove up out there, um, the bay, and I've looked down and the sun was setting, I was going to pick up this DJ who I couldn't stand. And I'm trying to, we're trying to be tolerant. And I went, please just help. Please just make this amazing, you know? And um, it weren't. So that's my lot. Although we'd created something amazing, the end of clockwork was like dark. Yeah. It was horrible. It yeah. was horrible times, you know. Yeah. When we relaunched in 2014, we'd done pre-party at Mambo's. So you went you went straight back to IB for 2014. Then you started how long did you stay out there for? No, it was just a weekend. Okay. Now we just weekend. So we'd done a pre-party at Mambo's. Um, everyone was buzzing. There was this like chair, it was wicked, all these people were turning up, blah, blah, it was packed. You could see the mainland from, from Mambo's, which only happens every 20 years. And it was their 20th anniversary, and it was our 20th anniversary. Um, so we was on to a good one. We'd done S Paradise in the nighttime. We didn't do nothing on the Saturday. And then on the Sunday, we'd done um, Sands, which is um, Tanit, Tanit Beach, where Tanit Beach is. Yeah. We announced that late and we had about four or 500 people. And at that moment on that beach, dancing sober, Trevor Fung, and I'm dancing, I'm necking Red Bull like they're out of fashion, smoking <laughs> cigarettes, but I weren't anything else. Yeah. And I honestly felt like I'd been exercised yeah. of all that bad negative energy yeah. from that, them last, that last year that we'd done in Ibiza. And then it grew. And then it went, grew in 15 16, 17, 18, 2019, we've done amnesia. We've been doing like, uh, we're doing like Sankeys, we've done this. So whereas we've done the parties on the beach and um, we had about eight to 9,000 people there. Wow. On the beach. Yeah. Fair play, eight mate. 9,000 people. That that was the biggest stress I've ever had out there. But then um, it just grew. It yeah. just grew and grew and grew. And what's the, and what, you obviously got your love back for it again from 2014 moving on. Have you still got the love now to keep growing the brand? Oh, massively, massively. It's um, it's always about like changing it up, keeping it different, improving, making it twice as good as what it can be. 
And these are the kind of quotes that we get, which is hard to um, to change or to to build on. People say, I've been going out since 88. Yeah. And your party that I went to that night was the best thing I've ever been to. Yeah. That's an accolade. Yeah, absolutely. It's like one person. So if you've got five lasers, you put in 20. Yeah. When they, they go, you know, you have 10 performers, you have 30. Yeah. But you can only, as I did said to someone, you can only do that when you when when the wave is there. Yeah. When you're eating the tickets that you need to do, yeah. you start selling. That's what one of the things that hurt me years ago when we finished doing the parties is that. When the tickets, when you've gone from like two and a half thousand to four hundred, yeah. you haven't got the capital there yeah. to spend on all the extras. Yeah. So it's not really what you're all about. And that broke my heart. Mm. That broke. Mm. But the love, of it, yeah, always changing it up, always doing it, always energised for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, I've been going IB for twenty five years on the trot. Bang, 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 bang. Tell me the difference of your thought process of how IB for was when you first started to the island now, and how you've seen it change. The people that were involved in the nineties the ones who invested and through their hard work and determination have now capitalised on everything that boomed from the 90s. Yeah. You know, there's people who started off with a beach bar, now they've got five restaurants, four yeah. beach bars, they own this, that, their own drinks thing, whatever. But when I started, my first my first year was 89, when the Ibiza Road was one road, one, one, one car up the left, one yeah. car up the, up the other side. Um, when I went back, when I uh, no, when I went back after I hadn't done Clockwork for about two or three years, I think it was 2005. Yeah, I was two years sober. It was a motorway. Yeah. That's Where'd right. that come from? Yes, right. Yeah. These get these these lot don't do nothing quickly. Where did the motorway come from yeah. in two years? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you can't even get a phone call in a week. So how have they managed this? But and you look at all the old photos of you know all like the old um, wasteland by Manbos that was this which has now been built on yeah. the old dusty car parks which has now got a block of flats. It's like in England in another twenty years you won't recognise this because yeah. every back garden will have another house on it. Yeah. It's the same as in Ibiza. They have got the no building policy, but them areas which were a bit more desolate are all changed. Mm. They're all built on. They've all been this. Is flats? Is this? You know, mm. and then. Um, Nothing stands still. Yeah. But the thing is, for me, the one thing like then, which I never really appreciated, which I always spoke about, spirituality of the yeah. island, my thing now, um, my, my buzz now is just Ibiza, yeah. getting up, up early. It was. That's what I missed last year. Yeah, that same. was our Same. Up early, going to bed, waking up with a sunrise. I stay in the north of the island, yeah. which is miles away from anywhere. Yeah. Watch the sun come up in the morning. And that's my buzz. Yeah. Now it's just coffee and, and cigarettes. That's it. Good for you, Dan. Good for you, mate. You've had a you've had a proper eventful life. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. Thoroughly enjoyed that. You're a good man. No worries, thank you. You're a gentleman. Yeah.